Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Don't know verse 9 and then 10. And again, the Bible uh, interrupts a, a list. So imagine you're reading a list of family members. Can I be honest? It was just boring. And this begot this, and this person begot that, and that's a family of this. And all of a sudden, in, in the middle of this uh, chronicalization, the writer stops and says, you got to hear about this man, Jabez. i got to expand just two, two verses. You will never find any other verse other than these two verses about Jabez. But I have been unpacking these revelations for six weeks just on two verses. So the first week we saw was, let's look at this, First Chronicles 4, 9-10. Now Jabez was more honorable than all his brothers. Say more honorable. So we talked about having a spirit of honor, which is this. I'm going to recap really quick. The spirit of honor means that not so much in your tone of voice. Week one, we talked about walking in a spirit of honor, which means this. Just because you don't like someone or maybe you don't like their personality, we cancel the gift of God that was meant for us when we dishonor other people. Jerusalem, Jesus was walking to Jerusalem, and the Bible says that they treated him as common. Like, oh, he's the carpenter's son. Who's he? And the Bible says he could not do many miracles in Jerusalem. So when we walk in dishonor, we shut down the gift that is in other people for us. It doesn't shut down the gift that they keep operating in, but it just shuts down us from receiving it. Amen? Honor is important. Honor your mother and father, for that is, the, uh, you'll have a long life. Only promise in the Bible that gives you a little bonus out of the Ten Commandments, right? Then the second week, and the third week, we talked about identity. Why? Because if you keep going, it says, and his mother called him Jabez because I bore him in pain. His name was pain. Imagine in a classroom, Jacob, Jacob, pain, pain, right? And so we went two weeks on overcoming labels. Some of us in this room are a victim of labels or other people's pain. Come on, say Amen. We are labeled by other per- persons' pain. So her, her, Jabez's mother called him Pain. Imagine Pain Sanchez, Pain Perez, right? So, so we talked about the need of identity, and we had such freedom. Because we are not what we are called. We are not what we're labeled. Jacob was called deceiver, and he became a deceiver until he got an encounter with God. Amen? And then week four, we talked about, he said, he said let's continue. He said, and Jacob called upon the name of Israel, uh, God of Israel, watch this. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Say, oh, that you would bless me indeed. I'm doing a quick recap for those who are not here. We have this idea that we can't ask God to bless us. Because we have to walk in this humility. Yes, walk in humility. But why, would, why is it okay for the Bible characters to do it and not us? So he said, oh, that God, you would bless me. But we talked about the different ways God blesses us. And it's not so much the Western world way. We only think what? When blessing comes, it's money. Well, that's part of the blessing. But how about peace of mind? God says, I bless you with peace. That's what he actually says in one of the words. I bless, may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, may the Lord make his face shine upon you. That has nothing to do with money, but it has to do with his virtue. Come on, say amen. Right? That was week four. Now last week, we continue, uh, on these, and these little verses that pop out, the Holy Spirit just gives me a whole sermon on these little phrases, right? He called on the name of the Lord, all that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory. Ever say enlarge my territory. He was pleading with God for spiritual growth. This is symbolically speaking for today. Okay, 
We must enlarge ourselves. And then last week we talked about Isaiah 54, if you guys remember that, where Isaiah says, cry aloud and sing aloud all you who have not birthed, who are barren. And we talked, we felt the Holy Spirit powerfully when it comes to breaking the silence. Everybody say breaking the silence. The altar was filled last week. The altar call. When people broke the silence of their pain because pain has a way to silence you. Come on, turn to someone and say, that's good. If you've ever had someone hurt you, if you ever had someone uh, offend you, if you ever had a battle with unforgiveness and bitterness, that's a real battle. If someone you trusted, a leader, hurts you, what's going to happen is you will, you, the enemy will cause you to remain silent. And in your silence, that's when the enemy gets you. And before I go to t- today, this is just a recap this last week. I was driving many years ago. For those of you who don't know, I've said this before. But I was hurt, very hurt emotionally. Sometimes emotional hurt is so much worse than physical hurt. That lie, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me. That, I don't know who, who came up with that. Words sometimes take a lifetime to heal. You're ugly. You're fat. You're stupid. Why don't you be like this person? I wish you were like your brother. And we grow up being self-fulfilling prophecies of the words that have been named over us. And so we talked about opening up. Everybody say opening up. From the pain that we've been silenced to. And years ago, I was having this pain, emotional pain, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, the devil's power is in your silence. You need to open up. Because it was eating me up like cancer. Do you know that if you have unforgiveness and bitterness and offense, it will eat you up? It will eat you up until you are convinced that that person is like the devil. (laughs) Say amen. How many ready for part six now? Now watch this. Part six is going to buckle your seatbelt. So those, this is for, this is for you, those of you who haven't been here. Right? Part six, we're going to get it from this little phrase. Let's read it together, that, that verse. Enlarge my territory. Put that First uh, Chronicles 4 and 10. Watch this. That your hand will be upon me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. Okay? Next week we're going to talk about a little phrase in there. But today I want to harp on the phrase let your hand be with me. Everybody say, let your hand be with me. Now say it this way. Let your hand be with me and upon me. What does that mean? Are you ready? In the New Testament and in biblical terminology, I'm going to tell you in a little bit what the hand of God means for today. The first point I want you to see in, the, in, the, in your screens is this. Jabez continued his prayer by asking God that his hand will be upon him or with him. This prophetically speaks, watch this, this is good old-fashioned preaching this morning, of the need for the person and the power of the Holy Spirit to be in us and upon us. It's okay for you to say amen because I'm probably going to say amen for you, okay? Listen, we have lost in the church the reality of the person of the Holy Spirit and the need for the Holy Spirit. He's not just this little uh, person that's on the side. He's not like this weakling on the side. The Bible is very clear about this. The person of the Holy Spirit is the power of God. And it's impossible for us, for God to be with us literally without the role of the person of the Holy Spirit. We need to know what the Holy Spirit's function is in our life. Can I hear an amen? And invite him. So there's a, there's a problem. This sermon is going to be packed in two main areas. There's a promise that God is with us through the Holy Spirit. And God is upon us for power. 
Can I hear an amen? For power and for you to live a victorious, victorious life. When Jabez cried, let your hand be upon me, prophetically he was saying, I want your nearness with me. I don't want to go anywhere without you. In the Old Testament, he didn't have the Holy Spirit living inside him because Jesus had not died on the cross yet. Now watch this. This is powerful, guys. Remember the very, at the very end, the promise. I just want to give you a little, little uh, foundation before I go in deeper into this, right, with your hand. We're talking about let your hand be upon me. What does Jabez mean when he said, I want your hand on me? I'm going to break that phrase into two big parts today in my sermon. The first part, it means to be with us everywhere we go. Now, listen, do you remember the last promise that Jesus gave right before he ascended into heaven? Do you guys remember? In Matthew 28, all you Bible scholars, okay, he's, he's He's already resurrected from the dead, right? And so he's about to ascend, and he's giving the great commission. He goes, all authority has been in heaven and earth has been given to me. I, uh, I make disciples of every uh, nation, baptize them in the Holy Spirit, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. What, right, before, right before he left, what was the last promise that he said? And lo, I'm with you always, always, even to the end of the age. Lord, let your hand be with me. Behold, I'm with you always until the end of the age. And so this is a foreshadow of, of what was going to happen in the New Testament. So how do you think that scripture is actually fulfilled? Is it fulfilled um, metaphorically? Is it fulfilled figuratively? Or is it fulfilled literally? When Jesus said, I will be with you always, did he mean I'm watching from a distance, so don't worry. I rule the earth. I'm omnipresent, so I'm with you. No, it's a difference between someone watching over you and someone being with you. And the only way, I'm going to get excited for a second. The only way Jesus could fulfill that literally, not figuratively, is to multiply himself either in 8 billion people and just literally walk with 8 billion people or he could have a genius idea and say, what if our spirit goes in them and we, through our Holy Spirit, are with them everywhere they go? Do you know that if you're born again this morning, God is with you everywhere you go. God is not sitting here in the church saying, boy, I can't wait till they get here. Man, I can't wait that I'm going to manifest my power. You brought God with you. I'm not saying you're God. I'm saying you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. If you're born again this morning, I got news for you. God is with you everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. I'm going to try to, this is off the cuff. I'm not, uh, this wasn't even in my notes. But I'm going to try to get something here for you. Because uh, when, I, when, I, when, I sh when I shared this, when I heard this, I heard the presence of God. But he's with us by the Holy Spirit. Say he's with us by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk about something real deep in a second, so I want you to, to hear me. Because being with us cancels, watch this, the fear that a lot of people deal with today. And that's the fear of being by themselves, the fear of loneliness. Can, can I talk about loneliness for a second? Because one out of three people, according to statistics, suffer from loneliness. And what is loneliness? It is a lack of meaningful contact in their life, in their mind. Yet I want you to know that even though you feel alone, you are never alone. I, I, and I'm going to share that with you. And here's the thing. Jesus knew that when even his closest disciples, he actually says something. But I want to first go to John chapter 14. Oh, this is good preaching here today. 
John 14, 15 through 18, look what it says. Look what it says up on the screen. Are you there? Say amen. Some of you old-fashioned, you got your Bible and you flip it. That's great. Turn to John chapter 14 right now with me and verse 15 through 18 and read with me. In the NLT, this is what it says. It says, Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. I'll be quick with this. And I, and I will, listen, and I will ask the Father, watch this key now. Remember what Jabez prayed. What did Jabez cry out? He longed for. Lord, don't leave me. I, I need your hand to be with me. Well, what does the hand mean? I'm trying to explain it today. The first half of the role of the Holy Spirit. I have talked about the Holy Spirit many times, but I've never spoken on the role of the Holy Spirit being with you always. What a comforting moment. You know, us Christians, we get, if we can be honest with ourselves, sometimes we don't even know what we're praying. Lord, be with him when he goes to the, you know, when he goes to North Carolina. Lord, be with him. I know what we're meaning. We're meaning, you know, protect him and all that stuff, but he's always with you. Either God be true or every man be a liar or something is wrong with God. He said, lo, I will never leave you. How can he never leave us? He has to have the Holy Spirit. Now watch John 14. I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. That's why he's still living here. Watch this. I want you to shout this with me. Who will never we always focus on all these other parts of the Holy Spirit without focusing on the fact that he cures loneliness. You could be in a prison cell, in, in solitary confinement, and even though you feel the sting of, of being alone, and all of us, I'm not saying that we don't need companionship. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying, it is possible to tap in to fellowship to intimacy. It's possible to tap in to love when you're all by yourself. Watch this. And you could feel the embrace of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he's always with you and he's in you. Oh my. You, you could be in solitary confinement and that prisoner says, Lord, I need you to be with me right now. I need you to manifest your love, your presence. I need something to confirm that you haven't left me. And all of a sudden you feel the presence of God. These little, these little moments in life, I was walking with my, my friend, uh, Stephen, just two days ago. This, this, he loves nature, and so we're walking, and he's like, look, if you just silence yourself, you can hear all the things. So I'm like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> I'm silencing myself. I hear all these crickets and, and all these things. And he's like, it, it's like, he was like Mr. Miyagi, and I was like daniel son. He's like, they've always been there. I'm like, okay. He's like, if you just quiet yourself. Here's what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to be weird. I'm just saying sometimes we go through life and we don't notice things that are already there. And so I'm, I'm silencing myself. He says, just, just be quiet. It was like grass and animals and just nobody, just wilderness. And all of a sudden he says, like, he goes like, uh, if you just quiet yourself, you can feel the wind. And I, I kid you not, I'm not making it. When he said you can feel the wind, I felt like. <laughs> now you could call that coincidence. You could call it awareness, but you know what I, you know what they did for me? Affirmation. I'm with you. And so, so and, and I wasn't planning on doing this uh, uh, with my pain that I have. And sometimes when you go through pain, nerve pain, sometimes you pray so much. How many have prayed for something for so much and it hasn't happened? And you, there's a little bit inside of you like, did you even hear me? Do you, do you even know where I'm at, God. Like, do you, do you not see that I've been crying out to you and I'm serving your people? And sometimes silence from God. 
So I get this voice message from my friend, right? And I'm going to try to put this on. It wasn't even planned. And I close my eyes. This is affirmation that God is with us. What did Jabez pray? Let your hand be with me everywhere I go. Because I can't do this without you, right? So I'm going to try to. Okay, let's see. Uh, you're on my mind today, uh, since this morning, and I uh, needed to reach out and just uh, let you know that I'm praying for you, thinking of you, sending grace to you. Um, uh, Joshua 1, 9. I'm going to out here. I know you know it from heart, but I want you to hear it as a fresh word from the Lord for you. George Sotolongo, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That was three days ago. He had no idea that I was preparing this message. He left this voice message and he said, you were on my heart. I was in the kitchen, I was in pain, and I'm studying in pain. And then he just leaves his voicemail, Joshua 1.9, and he personalized it. George Sotolongo, have I not told you? Be strong, be courageous, for the Lord is with you wherever you go. When he said that, I closed my eyes and the presence of God filled my kitchen. It was affirmation for me that God still sees me. Some of you need to know, come on, some of you need to know, some of you need to know that in the season where God is silent, he's with you. That's where I need that little organ. There's great comfort. Everybody say great comfort. There's great comfort to know that in the midst of all of our shenanigans, all of our messing up, come on, all of our trip ups, right? Listen, here's the good news about the church. We're all tripped up. We're all messed up. We're just going from one less mess up to the other less mess up. When we go from glory to glory, we're actually going from less mess up to another less mess up. We're just, we're not as much messed up, but we're still messed up, which means we need to be dependent on the person of the Holy Spirit. I got news for you. When people say, I can't do this on my own. I can't do this. You know what I say? Absolutely right. Stop doing it. You need to invite the person, Holy Spirit, in your walk with God. Because the, the, the powerful uh, truth is that if you know this reality, you can feel alone and still not be alone. And I am not talking only about uh, relationship, romantic relationships. I'm talking about in life. Do you know that you could be the most popular person in the room and be the most loneliest? You could be the funniest person in the room, the most charismatic in the room, and be the most loneliness because your loneliness has nothing to do with your personality or how, how loud you are or how quiet you are. And here's the thing. You can know. Look, Jesus said something to the disciples that is revolutionary about God being with you. Watch this. This is simple but so powerful. Because, listen, you need to know that God is with you when you mess up. I got three amens here. You need to know that God is not going to, you know, whip you and throw you aside and throw a belt on you. No, listen. Yeah, there's repentance. You'll feel the sting of your sin. You'll feel the sting of your rebellion. But God is with you in your mess. 
Come on, say, God is with me in my chaos. And the earth was without form and void. And the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the earth. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. There's messiness. There's messiness. The Holy Spirit said, I'm not intimidated about messiness. I'm about to make all things new in just a moment. I'm about to make things right. And there was nothing about beautiful about the earth. And in that ugliness, the Holy Spirit hovered in that thing. He's with you when you fall. He's with you when you mess up. Because the lie of the enemy is you messed up. The Holy Spirit's not with you. That's one of the main things he says in your ear. He stopped. You don't feel the presence of God anymore. It's because you're not praying this much. And it's because you're not doing this. And we do this performance-based Christianity that the more we perform, the more God loves us. That is not in the Bible. we got to get free from that. And no, watch this. Look at what Jesus said. John 16. Are you getting something this morning? I haven't got to part, the second half of my message. We're going to shout good in that one. John 16, verse 32. This is so comforting. Watch this. By this time, the, but, but the, the time is coming. This is in the NLT. John 16, 32 in the NLT if you're following along. But the time is coming, Jesus said. Indeed, it's here now. Watch this. When you will be scattered, each one going to, to, uh, in his own way. Watch this. Leaving me alone. Now watch this. Jesus is actually saying, you're going to leave me alone. I'm going to be, I'm going to feel alone. Because you are no longer going to be with me. So he's not spiritualizing this. He goes, I'm prophesying that even the closest of you, when I get up on that cross, you guys will be so much under pressure that all of you are going to leave me alone. Everybody say alone. How many, how many let's, let's take the spiritual mask off for a second. How many fear being alone? Come on, come on. I know you won't lift your hands, but it's okay. Deep down inside, there's a big fear of many people. One of the biggest fears is the fear of loneliness, not having anybody around you, not having spiritual family, not having family, not having friends. That is a secret killer, a silent killer. So watch this. In his time of need, could you imagine the, watch this. I feel this, I feel it to put this slide up. I know it's out of order. Put the, put the point of, the, of the fear and anxiety. Loneliness, loneliness, watch this. The, fe- the fear of loneliness or being alone. I want you to read this, take a picture of it. Fuels anxiety and worry in many people. The fear of loneliness is the gasoline. That fuels a lot of anxiety in people. Come on, that should have said it, amen. Either that or you're dealing with it yourself and you're like, I ain't going to say amen to that. And can I say something really deep? Are you ready for this? Are you saying, this is not my notes, this is for free for you, okay? Getting married doesn't solve your loneliness problems. Getting married doesn't solve your lust problems. Get, getting married doesn't solve doesn't solve your uh, your uh, your anger problems. So something has to be inside that's greater than a earthly relationship to be able to overcome these feelings. So watch this. Let's continue. Let's continue with that verse. Put that verse up there. Oh, this is getting good now because this is cooking now. Watch this. John sixteen thirty two. Let's read it again. But the time is coming. Now indeed is now, verse 32, when you will be scattered, each one going to his own way, leaving me alone. Come on, watch this shouting moment. Yet I'm not alone. Why? Because the Father is with me. He's like, look, I love you guys. But my joy is not dependent on you staying here. 
That's what Jesus said. My, my peace, my inner peace is not dependent if you stay with me or not. I would love for you to stay. I'm going to feel the sting, but I'm not alone. <laughs> the, I am not alone. Do you know that people will make dumb decisions because of loneliness? People will make foolish decisions for the fear of loneliness and being alone. Can I talk about that? You rush in real quick because you, you want a band-aid over the loneliness. And now you see a friend. You see a person. And, and, and you just dread the fact that you're alone. But if you have the Holy Spirit, you could access power, intimacy, presence of God in a split of a second. Look at this point. One of the most overlooked roles of the Holy Spirit is going to be on your screen is the confidence and comfort to know that because the Holy Spirit lives in us, we will never truly be alone. Come on. We will never truly be alone. Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you? That's Old Testament. Be strong. Be courageous. I am with you wherever you go. Jabez prayed, I need your hand to be with me. What does that mean? I need companionship. I need, I need affirmation. Some of the times when we are the downest the most, I don't even know if that's a word or not. We're the most down, right, is when we need to know that God is with us through the Holy Spirit. Unless you know scripture, you will be tricked by the enemy that God has uh, whipped you and left you just because you made a mistake. And if, and if I could be honest with us, sometimes we treat the Father like our experiences with our earthly father. So if our earthly father or earthly parents were very strict and they would whip us, and you do that Spanish, you know that Spanish, and like, huh? huh? If you got that curl lip, it's over in the Spanish family, right? What would you say? You know it's coming. You got to embrace yourself, right? <laughs> If you had a bad experience with strict parents, overly, uh, overly unhealthy, unhealthy uh, uh, strictness and, 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 and uh, abuse, you're going, when you get born again and you get saved, the moment you fall, you're going to say, because you're going to think God is going, huh? but he's not going. Huh? You know what he's going? He's going, come, come, come. Come now. I know you fell just a moment ago. Come now. I'm open. Here, this is what I died for. Let me cleanse you. Glory to God. Say he's with me. Say, oh, that you will be with me, that your hand will be upon me. Now, here's part two of that phrase. When Jabez was praying, oh, that your hand will be upon me, he was not only saying, God, I need you to be with me. I, want you, I need your affirmation in my loneliness. Because you have to remember, Jabez had to overcome a lot of identity issues. So he, had, he was praying and pleading, God, I need you to be with me because everybody else is leaving me. My God, I tell you, if you truly know that, you walk up like a superhero every time. God is with me. God is with me. God is with me. God is with me. Yeah, but no one else is with you. But God is with me. God is with me. But the second half of this, watch this, is the hand of God represents, get buckle your seatbelts, the might and power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, I'm going to preach this morning. The hand of God represents in Scripture the might and power. According to biblical terminology, watch this, when Jabez prayed, let your hand be with me, he was most likely 
asking for God's might and power to be upon them. Come on, say might and power. Say the Holy Spirit is the spirit of might and power. How many are sick of a powerless Christianity? How many are sick of a powerless Christians? Come on. We are not called to be overcome by every little obstacle that comes our way. Sometimes worldly people are counseling Christians more than Christians are, are counseling worldly people. Sometimes I see worldly people go to Christian, it's okay, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be all right. When you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you have the Word of God inside of you, you've got the angels of God circling around you, you've got the blood of Jesus, and there's a worldly person trying to pick you up. I understand there's times... We all need help, but let me tell you something. We have become powerless because we have neglected the person of the Holy Spirit to come upon us. When Jabez said, I need your hand to be upon me, what he's really saying, I need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I need the power of God to walk in victory, to break off these chains of oppression and bondage that I'm in. And so that I can set others free. I have news for you. All the people that have been changed in this ministry have nothing to do with me. It's all the Holy Spirit through me and through our leaders. It's the, it's the power of the Holy Spirit, guys. You must contend for the power of the Holy Spirit. Every day, every, I promise you, I promise you, every time I walk through those, that's my office, out of those steps, and I'm praying, and I'm blocking myself in for the last five or ten minutes while Joanne and the team prays, I always pray this prayer. And, I, and I'm, I'm jumping a lot, but it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I sit in those steps, and I pray this prayer Every single time before I minister, in his 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 and 5 in the NIV, this is what it says. Paul says, and so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came, when I came to you, glory to God, I did not come to you with eloquency of human wisdom or proclaim to you the testimonies about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Watch this. I came to you in weakness. Paul was saying, I'm a weak man. With great fear and trembling. Oh, I love this. But my message, come on, say my message. And my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but is with, with the demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith, watch this, may not rest in human wisdom, but in God's power. Someone say amen to that. I pray that every single time, I kid you not, my body could be weak. I said, Lord, I don't want to... Uh, preach or teach with eloquency of speech only. I want to teach with a demonstration of your spirit's power. What brings conviction on people when you talk? The Holy Spirit. Not your persuasive words. Not the way you can say, and now will come to you the, the mighty hand of God. Well, you will receive my... That there's, God is, is not impressed with that. People are not impressed with that. <laughs> I used to see preachers like that. I'm like, do you talk to your wife that, that, that way? I'm like, and God, honey, would you please give me a, a breakfast today? Um, I understand there's unction. I mean, you know, what I'm saying is if you study history, they say, historians say that Apollos, there was Apollos and there was Paul. And they, 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 they tag team a lot and they were ministering a lot and Barnabas and all these people. But it was said by historians that Apollos was a more eloquent speaker. He was very, you know, he was the one that we would, we would get and like, oh, man, you don't want to get speaker. He would, he'd get you out in 25 minutes, you know, three points and you're out. And he gets you good, right? 
uh, uh, Paul, he, uh, someone fell asleep while he was preaching. <laughs> and Paul was so merciful that the dude fell off while he was preaching. Right? Fell down. God had, Paul had to go down, resurrect him, and say, wake up and listen to my preaching now a little bit. Get up. Right? But what happened as he was preaching? The power of the Holy Spirit came. Right? What, what am I saying this? Because the hand of God means the power and might of God. So when Jacob was saying, let your hand be with me, he was begging and pleading God, I need your power in my life. Watch this. And I need your power to flow through my life. Say that with me. Say, I need my, the power of the Holy Spirit to be upon me and through me. Through me for other people. If you have a ministry in this room, I guarantee you, you're not changing anyone. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Start contending more for that. Start praying more for that. Start yielding and surrendering more to the Holy Spirit. Watch what Exodus says. Are you getting something this morning? Watch what Exodus 13 says in, in verse 14. Oh, this is good. Come on, you're going to get happy with me, okay? Watch this. And in the future, Exodus 13 verse 14, watch this. Your children will ask, this is Old Testament, just to prove my point. What does this all mean? Watch this. Then you will tell them with the, everybody say power. With the power of his what? With the what? With the power of his? The Lord brought us out of Egypt. The place of our slavery. By the might of his hand, his power, by his powerful hand, he led us out. What is the hand of God? When Jabez was praying, let your hand be upon me. I need your power I need your spirit to be aware in me and through me, and I need to surrender to it on a daily basis. Watch this. I'm going to say something really deep. But if, you don't, if, if you don't know the Bible, you're going to think I'm off. Hear me now. If being filled with the spirit is not automatic, the Holy Spirit inside of you is automatic when you get saved. So there's a difference between the spirit being in you and being upon you. When In John 20, Jesus looked at the disciples and he blew on them and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. When we get born again, that's the Holy Spirit coming inside of us and cleansing us, right? And that righteousness is God's righteousness. But if, it, if we were filled with the Holy Spirit automatically at salvation, why would Paul the Apostle say, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit? Why would he say, be filled if you're already filled? That means we have to yield and surrender and say, Holy Spirit, I'm weak. Fill me today. Fill me with your power. Fill me. I know you're with me, but I'll need an extra dimension because the, su the supernatural power of God is with the Holy Spirit. Churches don't preach about the Holy Spirit anymore. The Holy Spirit is not preached and not mentioned anymore. Why? Because when the Holy Spirit shows up, he starts freeing people and it looks a little messy. People start weeping. People start crying. Chains start being broken off of people. Come on. John 16, I don't have time, breaks down the whole role of the Holy Spirit. But I want to see this. The Holy Spirit also comes upon us, this is the point, supernaturally empowering us to set people free. Oh, oh, this is good. Come on. You need a shout of this. The Holy Spirit comes upon us, I'm going to prove it in Scripture, supernaturally empowering us to set people free from the devil's bondage and oppression. Quick question. Don't you realize that you're an instrument of God because you have the Holy Spirit? 
God is, listen, Jesus right now, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. You know who's here on earth? The Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is living in you. And you can't, listen, you can't set people free without the reality to know that God can come upon you in the form of the Holy Spirit so that you can set people free. Question for you. Do you want to set people free in your family? Not not you, but do you want to be an instrument that you could pray for a, a rebellious person and they could get encountered by God? Do you do you do you believe that uh, that you if you pray for someone they could get healed? Not by you, by the power of the Holy Spirit on you. Do you want to set people free? Well, you can't do it if you're neglecting the person of the Holy Spirit. You can't do it just by, no, you need to say, Holy Spirit, like I always say, Lord, I need you. I need you to fill me with your power because I can't give the people anything. But it's not by might. It's not by power. But by the Spirit, says the Lord. Oh, come on, Jesus. Acts chapter 10. Are you ready for this? Everybody say, God's power is on me if I yield to the Holy Spirit so I can set others free. Zoom in on me before I read Acts chapter 10. The purpose of the Holy Spirit being upon you is not for you to have a religious experience and your hair standing up and say, oh, look, look at all my hair standing up. The purpose of the Holy Spirit coming upon you and sometimes tangibly upon you is for serving other people. It's not for you to say, look at how anointed I am. All my hairs are standing up. Wow, I must be with God right now. No, no, no. There's a purpose do you know that the Bible says, and I'm going to read it to you, that the Holy Spirit came upon the people of God for service? Watch this. Look, not, not, watch this. Look at me. How many love Jesus in this room? We serve Jesus, right? We serve Jesus. While Jesus was on the earth, he was dependent on the Holy Spirit to walk in power for people. You say, well, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, now watch this. Watch this. Look at Acts chapter 10. Verse 36, and NIV, you can read in any, in any version is good, okay? But the NIV, I like what it says. Acts chapter 10, verse 36. And you know the message of God, it's up in the screen, sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Watch this. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea. Are you following me? Beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. Now, now, now listen, don't get distracted. Zoom in. How God, everybody say God. That means the Father, okay. The Father anointed Jesus. Wait, he's Jesus. Wait, how God the Father anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what? Come on, shout, shout with me. Wait, this is Jesus. God anointed, the Father anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and and how he went around doing good, healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Let your hand be with me. How did he bring healing to all of the oppressed people? By the power of the Holy Spirit being upon him. Now here's a great question for you. If Jesus, our Lord, was dependent on the Holy Spirit to be upon him, to cast out oppression because they're all one, right? How much more do we think we need to be dependent on the Holy Spirit? <laughs> we need to be dependent on the Holy Spirit to be used supernaturally. You know, oh, oh watch this. This is good. When you have this reality in you, it will rid pride from you when you do good works. 
When you pray for someone or you, you uh, do something that the Lord empowers you to do supernaturally, right? Or, or, or you um, say something and someone's lives is completely changed. I don't know how many times, by the grace of God, someone's told me, I was listening to your message and my life was completely changed. And honestly, I'm, I'm thinking, that is God. Because that message was kind of okay to me. <laughs> and they're like, no, that message changed my life. It's the person of the Holy Spirit. Right? It rids us from pride when we know the Holy Spirit is doing the work. And the more tired I am sometimes, sometimes the more powerful he flows. I'm like, what, you know, what, what's, what's happening? Why? Because he's going to get the glory. It's time for the church again, this is old-fashioned preaching, to be filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Some people don't like that, all right? That's not being crazy. That's not means that you have a license to be crazy. Unfortunately, uh, charismatics and non-denominational churches have been labeled these crazy people uh, because of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit's not crazy. But watch this. The Holy Spirit is not contained in a box. And people that contain him in a box think the Holy Spirit's crazy. Right? Now watch this. The Holy Spirit rids you from pride. It's time for the church to have an experience called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where you're, you're immersed in the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you biblically what that does so you won't look at me funny and think I'm just trying to. I'm going to prove it to you biblically. Are you ready? Are you ready? Look, look, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is real. It's like if you want, if, if you want, uh, like if there was like four or five hyenas coming to a poodle, right, and they're gonna about, about to attack a poodle, you're not going to say, let, uh, let the dog arise in you, oh poodle, you know. No, that, those hyenas are going to rip the, the poodle apart. But if the poodle it has any chance, come on somebody, to beat the, 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 the hyenas, the creator has to put the spirit of something that's greater than the hyenas in them. So instead of saying the, the, the spirit of a, a, a dog, the spirit of a lion, because a lion could defeat the hyenas, what God has put in us is greater than he who's in the world. Greater is he. That is in us, that he was in the world. The, that's why we can have authority over the devil and not be afraid if we have a relationship with God because the power of the Holy Spirit backs us up. We, we have forgotten who we are and we have submitted to this, I am just a little, little a nobody Christian. Do you realize that you are the salt of the earth, the light of the world? You're supposed to change atmospheres everywhere you go. The power of the Holy Spirit should, should, be, should be shining on you. Does it mean we have uh, perfect days? It means we yield to the Holy Spirit. Watch this. Here are some scriptures, and I didn't even give it to the, to the team, but I'm just going to share some scriptures with you about the power of the Holy Spirit. And you can write notes if you want. You can read it in your own time. As a matter of fact, I encourage you to read it so you won't think it's just me. Watch this. Here's some scriptures about the, the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon us. Watch this. For a specific purpose, to serve other people supernaturally. Right? Now watch this. To change life. Luke chapter 24, verse 45 through 39. Jesus was still there. He's about to ascend. Tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Acts chapter 1, verse, the, the famous one, verse 1 through 8. It says, do not leave here until the Father sends you the gift of the Holy Spirit he promised you. Because in a few days from now, listen, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now I have news for you. They were already saved. 
He says, you already saved, but now in a few days, come on, somebody, the power of the Holy Spirit to come on you if you wait, if you surrender. See, there was a waiting. There was surrender. There was a dependency, and they were in an upper room, and then suddenly uh, uh, they were praying, and nothing happened, praying, and nothing happened, praying, and nothing happened. The 50th day, they prayed, and suddenly there came in the room a sound of a rushing mighty wind, and the Bible says they filled the whole room. But who filled the whole room? The Holy Spirit. That's the hand of God. That's the power. Do you, know that, do you know that you have the authority to kick demonic spirits out of your house? Come on, man. I don't know what to do. You know what to do. Get that thing and say, in the name of Jesus, you are no longer coming here. You're not going to touch my children. You're not going to touch my parents. I plead the blood of Jesus. I have authority by the Spirit of God. Woo! Are you ready for my, one of my favorite ones? A lot of people are praying for boldness without praying for the Spirit of God uh, to, 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 to give them boldness. Now, wa- watch this. The Holy Spirit, look at this. This is so good. Empowersment gives us great boldness. Everybody say boldness. To speak the word of God without fear and intimidation. How many could honestly, honestly believe, uh, share with me that you love the Lord, but there's sometimes you're just a little timid to share the word of God with people, all right? Many, many of us, right? Let me tell you, I want to say bold, this very clear for you. Boldness transcends personality, which means if you're introvert, doesn't matter, or extrovert. Listen, you're not bold just because you're extrovert. Some extroverts hide their boldness by their extrovertness. Right? You're not bold just because you're loud, like me. <laughs> right? That doesn't make you bold. I've seen the most quiet people say, come out. Ah! No, no more in Jesus' name. And phew, peace of God comes in. Just remember this, this old, old man named Pablito. He would just used to come in. He goes, he goes, no, no more, no more. Just like that. Like, real, real, I remember one time, this is a true story, guys. If you don't believe me, please, please don't get upset. I saw it with my own eyes my whole life. I, my, my introduction to the Holy Spirit and power, I'm like, uh, Sandra, you, could, you remember Pablito and, and, and John. And, and I was in this little, little uh, I was a visitor in this, this small Spanish church. And I'm just like, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm on fire for God. But I didn't know about the Holy Spirit. I didn't know all that stuff, you know. And so this, this man just started manifesting. He just started, I, I kid you not, I'm not trying to scare you. He just started like the, the, the enemy, the demon was just kind of, and he was screaming, and he fell right next to me. And I was like, <laughs> no lie. I was like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And he's like, Rrr. I'm like, <laughs> I kid you not, this is a true story. This is when I was like first got saved. Listen, listen, I'm telling you that boldness has nothing to do with, uh, boldness has nothing to do with, uh, uh, with volume. And I'm going to share a scripture with you. Watch this. It's going to give you boldness. He's like, and I'm like, like this. And all of a sudden, this little, this old man in Pablito, he just puts his hand over my, my, my thing, my, my shoulder. And he goes, in Spanish, put your hand on him. I'm like, <laughs> seriously, he goes, put your hand. Again, he's like another Mr. Miyagi. And I'm like Danielson, you know, I'm like, he's like, he's like, paint the fence. And I'm like, I'm like, calmly. He's like, this is during service. He goes, put your hand on him. He goes, you have authority. I go, I, I kid you not. And he whispered, sangre de Jesus, the blood of Jesus. And I said, 
the blood of Jesus. And, he and all, this, all of a sudden, this boldness came on me. I go, the blood of Jesus. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I cast you out. That person started convulsing with the help of other people praying. That spirit left him. And he became, listen, he became free by the power of God. Guys, I saw it with my own eyes. I'm not trying to, to uh, say something that's off theologically. Look at Acts chapter 4. Are you getting something this morning? The Holy Spirit, say, the Holy Spirit is God's hand upon me. That could also speak for God's favor upon you, his hand. Okay? By the way, in the New Testament, hand also means authority. All right? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Right? So Jabez is praying, let your hand be with me. Acts chapter 431. If you're there, say amen. And, and the New King James, and when they had prayed, everybody say when they had prayed. The place where they had assembled together was shaken. I want you to see boldness and Holy Spirit together in this sentence. And they were filled with, now wait, let's pause. What were they doing before? So they were Christians. They're Christians praying. Christians praying. But then this, it says, as they were praying, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Wait a minute, there's another level now. Because of prayer, the Holy Spirit now comes in power and fills them. And what is the result of being filled with the Spirit? And they spoke, oh, come on, church, the word of God with boldness. You want boldness in your life? Get in the Holy Ghost. You want boldness in your life? Yield to the Holy Spirit. Start talking to the Holy Spirit. Say, Lord, I need you, Holy Spirit. Before I talk to that person, I need you to come upon me. Before I go into that office, before I go into that business deal, I need you to come upon me. I need you to fill me. I need you to be dependent because when I speak, I don't want me to speak. I want you to speak. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And, what the words mean and, the result is they spoke the word of God with boldness. Am I speaking truth? How many want boldness? <laughs> Come on. How many, how many, if I can be honest, how many are not having boldness because you're blaming your personality and that you're just saying, well, that's how God made me. I have seen so many people not walk in boldness and blame their personality. Well, just, you know, you know, Pastor George, you know, that's not me. I'm not you. That's not me. I'm, I'm more quiet. You just be quiet and bold. You could be quiet and share the word of God to someone that needs it without fear and intimidation. And the power of the Holy Spirit could flow through you. And all of a sudden they begin to cry. And you're like, are you okay? It's the Holy Spirit working in them. Come on, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I see some people yawning. i got to hurry up. I have to resurrect them in a minute because they're going to fall. And they're gonna... <laughs> There's a difference between authority. Everybody say authority and power. There's a difference between authority and power, listen, and the Holy Spirit gives us both. In the Greek, I want you to see this one verse. If the, if the worship team could come up here, please. We're, we're about to be done. Are you, are you feeling the Holy Spirit here? When God's hand is upon you, that means that no matter where you go, the assurance that he is with you will solve the loneliness crisis. The fear of being alone. Yes, one day you will get married if that's God's will. But listen, our highest form of the cure of loneliness is that God is with you. Guys, we could close and have church and go home and that's enough. God is with me. 
I don't have to make stupid decisions. I could get, I could get close to God right now and he could hurt, heal my hurt or my desire for this. Come on, say amen. Well, don't get distracted now, guys. Watch this. And then the other part of it is the power of the, of the Holy Spirit. How many want power? Come on. How many? Okay, I'm going to say this. How many are suffering from some type of oppression from the enemy or some type of bondage? Well, the Holy Spirit today wants to break that bondage, and the Holy Spirit today wants to break that oppression, and I'm going to go after it. And in a few minutes from now, I'm going to call all those who are oppressed, and we're going to believe that God's power by the Holy Spirit is going to break chains. What? 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 You, you could pray that? Yes, I believe that. I pray that. I pray that depression will be gone by the power of the Holy Spirit. I have prayed. God is my witness for people that have chronic depression. I've prayed them before, and I just say a simple prayer. Let's renounce spirit of heaviness. I take authority, and I have them go through uh, some, some, renouncing some things that they open up, and I release the Holy Spirit on them. I kid you not. They look at me and go, one lady, one lady looked at her husband and goes, it's gone. It's gone. Because that heaviness was broken, not by Pastor George, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because I believe that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's liberty. Come on, say amen. We got so many Christians in bondage. Hello? It's possible to be a Christian and be in bondage. As a matter of fact, there's many of us that are stuck in some weakness and bondage that we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to, to watch us, to live an overcoming life. Say overcoming life. But you, you can't be silent about your dialogue with the Holy Spirit. You need to physically invite the Holy Spirit in your life, even if it's silently. Ask God to fill you. Remember, every time God filled the people, you know what they were at? In a place of prayer. They were in some sort of prayer, either corporate prayer or, or private prayer. And then the Holy Spirit came. And the result, the Holy Spirit came, whew, I feel the Holy Spirit here, was they spoke the word of God with boldness. I feel in my spirit. Fear, fear traps people. It torments people. And it's funny because Christy, you said this without me knowing, you without you knowing that I was preaching on this. She said so many people are trying to combat fear with boldness. Or sorry, with faith. They're trying to combat fear, fear with faith when the Bible says perfect love casts out fear. Now watch this. Here's a beautiful part. There's a progression. It starts with love starts with yielding to the Holy Spirit. Then he gives us the boldness. It produces boldness to speak the word of God without fear and intimidation. There's some people here that you've been bound by fear for so long. And the Holy Spirit wants you to know, I'm not only with you, but I'm going to break the back of fear. And I'm going to come upon you in a new way. And I'm going to break the oppression off of your life. Why? Why? Because he loves you. And because he, he died to set us free. He doesn't want us to stay in bondage. Jesus of Nazareth was anointed by the Father to heal everyone who was oppressed by the devil. Hello. Everyone means everyone. And the lie that we have believed that just because we're Christians, we can't be bound. You know what? There's a lot of things that we open up to in our life that eventually cause us to be bound. Now look at Luke 9.1, and I'm almost done. Oh, I feel the Lord. How many feel the presence of the Lord? Come on, say, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come on, say, Holy Spirit break every chain. Holy Spirit, I need you now. 
Watch this. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power. Say power. Say authority over all demons and to cure diseases. The word power in the Greek means dunamis. And that word dunamis in the Greek means, watch this, ability and strength given to perform something that could not otherwise be performed on their own. That's what it means. Dunamis means great uh, power and strength to perform something that could not otherwise be performed on your own. And authority means exousia. In the Greek, which means permission. Oh, I'm about to shout. Permission granted to execute or apply rule and authority over. So if we read it that way, Luke 9.1 reads like this. He called his 12 disciples together and gave them the ability and strength to perform something that they couldn't do themselves and gave them permission to do it. I give you permission to do it. But, but God does everything. No, what do you think we're here on the earth for? Did, did an angel knock on your door and, and minister to you to, for you to get saved, or did God use a person? Did an angel say, hey, did every one of us get saved by an angel? No, every one of us, someone had the boldness to tell us about Jesus. They risked their reputation with us, but God used people to change our lives. Don't tell me that God can't use us to change people's lives. My God, Holy Spirit's on you for a reason, church. The Holy Spirit's not on you so you can have a spiritual picnic. The Holy Spirit needs you to come alive and to trust Him. Come on. You know, and this is the last thing. You know what? Another thing, the last point. Watch this. The power of the Holy Spirit to set people free. Oh, I love this. You're going to shout. From every bondage is also called the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You know what the anointing is? The empowerment of the Holy Spirit coming upon you. And I want to tell you something. I want to tell you this last scripture, and we're going to shout together. Isaiah 10, verse 27. Are you with me? Here it is. Are you with me? I feel the Holy Spirit moving already. Watch this. Isaiah 10, 27. It shall come to pass in that day. Come on, say it with me. That his burden, say burden, will be taken away from your shoulder, and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. The, the yoke of bondage and oppression is going to be destroyed. I have news for you. The anointing of the Holy Spirit doesn't harm your oppression. It doesn't bruise your oppression. It doesn't pain your oppression. It obliterates and annihilates and destroys every oppression because yokes in the Old Testament were two animals that were in a big hole that they could not go left and right because they were yoked together so they were enslaved to each other. When we're in a yoke of bondage, we're yoked with the devil and we're yoked with him so we cannot go anywhere. When the power of the Holy Spirit comes, it doesn't bruise that yoke. It destroys the yoke of bondage. Guys, It's time to say, Holy Spirit, I believe that you can set me free. I'm tired of living a bored Christian life. I'm tired of having no adventure with God. Young people, if you don't have adventure with God, it's not God's fault. It's yours. And you need to start being filled again with the Holy Spirit. You need to start saying, Holy Spirit, come upon me in a new way because I need your fire. I need your anointing. I need your presence. I want to be set free from these addictions. I believe that you've given the power of the Holy Spirit to set me free and use me to set others free. How many believe that? 
Come on, stand up to your feet. Come on, stand up to your feet. Come on, come on. Lift up your hands to the Lord. Lift up your hands to the Lord. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Lift your hands to the Lord. Come on. Holy Spirit, come. Be with me. Be with me, Holy Spirit. Right now, I want you to lift up your hands. We're going to sing. And we're going to break oppression today according to Acts chapter 10. your hands to the Lord. Cry out. Let your hand be with me. Come on. Let your anointing be with me. Let your Holy Spirit come upon me. Hallelujah. tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.